They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Hey, shout out to the newest Patreon, Ruel Black. Thanks for the support, brother. Really appreciate you. Make sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash the101podcast. Exclusive content, early access to episodes a week ahead of time. Over 20 Illuminati confirmed episodes on there, only found on Patreon. Check it out. Enjoy the show. That's Kronos. That's Kronos, first of all. That, that, old, that old guy that we see at the top of the clouds, they designed that after Kronos, I think. And so you're talking about fiction and reality bleeding into each other and the line between what's real and fake just becoming blurry. I think this is all, yeah, I mean, it's predictive programming, it's manifestation on a mass scale through subliminal programming and stuff like that. But also I think it's kind of a way to, they're blurring the lines and getting us prepared to enter a fictional universe, the metaverse. I think that's why they're trying to, they're bombarding us with information constantly, making us, it's making us harder for us to make rational decisions because we don't know what's true and false. And so I think this is all prepping us for this new augmented reality age. If the World Wide Web is inside of CERN and we're constantly using the World Wide Web to confirm our Mandela effects, I sometimes I, so, I sometimes wonder if they're just fucking with the entire internet and time's not actually changing, but reality is changing in a way because it's whatever we think to be true. And this is what they talk about in 1984 when Winston's like arguing with the leader of the party. He's like, what does it matter, Winston? What does it matter what the past was? What does it matter the shape of the earth is? Whatever we say becomes the truth. H.P. Lovecraft was seeing planets. Emmanuel Swedenborg was going to other planets and you know you got the you got the super soldiers the secret space program dudes going to other planets well you know for, for the flat earthers out there for the people that don't believe in space i honestly believe that it's possible that space is actually the realm of the imagination it's the astral realm it's a spiritual realm so when when these super soldiers are going through their mk ultra programming and their psychs getting split open i think that they're traveling out of body into the, into these literal different dimensions that look like other worlds and planets Welcome to the One on One Podcast with your host, Juan Ayala. Prepare to have your mind blown. Welcome back to another episode of the One on One Podcast. I'm your host as always. Today we have a very special guest. A guest who's going to have a special place in my heart for forever because he was actually, fun fact, my first podcast interview ever and one of the first people that i said i was going to start a podcast that i talked to about he was on episode number two and here we are in episode 102 a hundred episodes later with nick hinton what's up bro what's up man dude that's crazy i didn't even know that <laughs> yeah i remember I, I remember you just starting off your podcast and us talking about it and stuff i remember all that but dude a hundred episodes later that's crazy a hundred episodes later. And then I remember on that episode, we talked about, I mentioned how you were going to be, I was like, I want to have you before Joe Rogan has you. And here you are fucking Duncan Trussell name dropping you on Joe Rogan, which is crazy, bro. Oh shit. That's so true. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was listening to it and I'm like, I texted Mark. I'm like, oh shit, dude, this guy just said Nick Hinton on Joe Rogan. It's like, that's like the, that's like the, the Mac daddy. You know what I mean? Like the, the 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 what is it crim de la crim <laughs> of fucking podcast something like that i forget how the phrase goes that's the podfather bro the podfather yeah that's right so what have you what have you been up to bro since last i just finished rereading the the aquarian singularity 
I said that right, right? Yeah, yeah, you said that correct. And at the end of it, you had uh, you had an epiphany or something, bro. What's going on? You, you, how you hanging in there? How's that going for you? The epiphany at the end of Aquarian Singularity. Honestly, I don't remember what that was. What was it? You found God, and now you're a little bit more religious, and you're more on the light side of things. Because this conspiracy shit can get dark, bro, real quick. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, I mean, I uh, definitely found God toward the end of writing the Aquarian Singularity, but I feel like now it's even more intense. Like I feel like, uh, I mean, that's probably why I didn't remember it so well because it was uh, kind of more superficial. You know, I wasn't fully fully dedicated. I was on the I was on the way to finding Him. I don't, but I don't think I was fully there yet. You know what I mean? But this book definitely goes through more of how, like the third one that I'm working on currently, definitely goes through in-depth how I was fully convinced. Because even after the second book, I wavered back and forth constantly. Yeah, and it, it's always, like Sam Tripley calls it, conspirituality, right? Where you eventually find God. If you dig deep enough, all these rabbit holes go back to one one side and then you got the people who talk about the left hand path and the right hand path dude i think it all goes to the same thing eventually like to the abyss like that will lead you to self-destruction and all this other stuff and like at the end of the day you know like how, how i tell i mean i believe in god you know what i mean i just don't subscribe to the organized religion of it. i think there's a lot of dogma and a lot of i had i had a guest on today who was talking about how organized religion they build their own how, how do you put it? He put it really well, where they pretty much build their own pools of energy that they can harvest from, right? So if you have this denomination, this denomination, and this other one, or these this religion, this religion, and this one, they each have their own pool of people that they can harvest energy from, essentially. And I never really thought about it like that. Like, they all form their own ideas of heaven. They all form their own ideas of hell. They all form their, their own ideas of this Messiah figure at the end of the day. And it's like, Dude, God is everything. God is the source. Like, I consider myself like an emanationist, right? Where God is at the center of it all. And maybe he's not an old, freaking white haired old man sitting on some throne. Maybe he's just energy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just like well, a, that's a thing. That's Kronos. That's Kronos, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, old, that old guy that we see at the top of the clouds they designed that after chronos oh, dude what i that that's what i think i mean i mean just look at all the depictions of you know father time you know they make him look like that but and you know jesus was supposedly the the famous painting we see of like the aryan looking jesus supposedly modeled after julius caesar or some other historical figure but um no like the whole church idea yeah i don't agree with that either i mean first of all in the Bible, it says that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So, you know, I don't believe in all these different de denominations. Mm. And originally, the word church just meant a selected special few group of people. And Jesus said whenever two or more are gathered in his name talking about him, that's church. So, you know, we're having church right now in a sense. And, yeah, I don't think it needs to be in some special building designed with sacred geometry to <laughs> do all these crazy <laughs> energy harvesting rituals like you were saying. This is a house of prayer, and you've turned it into a den of thieves. I've always said that, bro. I grew up Pentecostal Christian, dude. I know the whole spiel. I, I was in the worship group for more than five years playing guitar. I was going around to jails, juvenile, juvie centers, other churches playing. I saw it all. So, but that is that is some. <laughs> you said it's modeled after Kronos. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So for those that don't know, obviously. Nick was, I have the comic book, right? The Saturnian cube, the Saturn time cube simulation. Obviously that's a uh, Nick Hinton inspired, uh, because I think for me, that's what really sprouted everything that, 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 cause it's a little bit of everything. You have the AI in there, you have CERN, you have all these things all in one conspiracy. Now, the other day I got called out for, I forgot the technical name for when you connect the dots, like that meme from the show where the guy has all the strings behind him and he's connecting all these conspiracies. But dude, it makes a lot of sense. And maybe that's human nature to see the patterns within all these conspiracies. And obviously that leads you down some very dark alleys at times, but is it all connected Nick? Or is it just that we're seeing these patterns emerge 
and it's just individual uh, occurrences that we're connecting our own way. What What's your thoughts on that? I mean, there's that. I mean, yeah, I think everything is connected. I mean, especially when you start diving into the myths and ancient religions and stuff like that, you start to see how so many of these archetypes are just repeating themselves throughout time, even today. And, you know, when you study words and etymology, how everything just goes back to all these ancient ideas, like, you know, the logos on, uh, you know, like the brands that we use every single day, like all of that stuff is intricately connected. Um, but you know, the mind is a meaning making machine. That's what it does. And it can find, you know, two points to connect just about anything. Um, so yeah, I don't always believe that synchronicities are truly synchronicities. It's just that you are a synchronicity creator. You can make anything a synchronicity and you can make a conspiracy out of anything, you know, like I don't think that every single thing is a conspiracy out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it just depends on someone's perspective. Um, cause I can definitely see how people start to think that everything around them is almost like the Truman show. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's definitely a dangerous trap to get lost in. But, um, yeah. And that's, and that's what Nietzsche was talking about. Right? When God is dead, he wasn't celebrating the death of God. And, and if people read the entire course, God is dead and we killed them. You know, we're the murderers of murderers. The blood is on our hands, paraphrasing it. But what he wanted to avoid was just that, right? Nihilism, where when you uh, fall into the, the abyss, right? The tightrope walker uh, hovering over the abyss. When you fall into nihilism, you have no purpose. You have, there is nothing to live for, right? How you're saying this, this idea of that everything is out to get you, that everything is just the way it is. That's a very dangerous idea. And that's what Nietzsche was talking about and wanted to avoid and spread awareness about. Now, right, he's been uh, demonized like, oh, he, God is dead. He was celebrating. He's like, no, he wasn't, bro. God gives us purpose. God gives you something to live for. Now, again, I've said before, religion is a tool if used correctly for those that uh, can use it and benefit from it. Great. You know, it gives people purpose and a sense of being and a sense of, of being productive. And at, the, at its core, it's what it's don't be a piece of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Be, right. Love thy neighbor, bro. You know what I mean? Like, love thy neighbor. Hell, do, do like the Stoics. The Stoics were about waking their brethren up, about wanting to better you, the betterment of everybody. Now, it's very, you're talking about the origins of, uh, of, of language. And, you know, we've talked about this before where we're spelling, you're casting spells, right? I do think that back then the world was like Harry Potter, where words had more manifestation power right like you could come up with things now because you know you have stories in the bible like with simon magus and and all these all these eccentric characters right that that were like magic was was normal back then pretty much so i think that there was we were tapped into the source i came across this did you know that in greek apocalypse means unveiling yeah yeah to unveil to take away a covering which is different than the apocalypse that for example i grew up with you know in the book revelation you have john with with the visions and it's like the end of the world it's like well is it the end of the world or is it an awakening of some sort you know i talked to a theologian recently he said that there will be a new axial age and the new axial age is people waking up and i guess manifesting their own destiny i don't know but I found it really interesting the way that it shaped, you know, I grew up, dude, I, I was traumatized 12 years old reading the book Revelation. My grandma would tell me how they would cut my head off if I didn't believe in God, you know, once the, once the rapture came and all this stuff. It's like, dude, that's, you know, it's yeah, well, that's not very Christ like <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not. But that's what I grew up with, bro. You know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and that's traumatizing for a freaking 11, 12 year old kid reading the book. I was reading about the harlot and the seven headed dragon and all this stuff and the beast. I was 12 years old, bro. I opened up my, my old Bible the other day, 2005 was my first Bible. Well, well I know you, uh, you were doing some podcasts recently about Koranzan and stuff like that. Yeah. Cor- yeah. Uh, Koranzan. Yeah. Koranzan is supposedly, uh, you know, the beast in the Bible or half of the beast. Yeah, I, I hit you with... He, he, 
he was inspired by the book of Revelation when he was uh, talking about Babylon and Carranza. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or Crowley, sorry, for people who have no idea what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. Crowley was inspired by book of Revelation. Yeah, Crowley. And I hit you with that idea of that perhaps maybe he because right it's, it's weird timing where when he did that ritual where he supposedly got possessed by him everything that happened after the fact everything that that went down you have the the, the birth of the federal reserve jekyll the creature of jekyll island you had mm-hmm. and then you know before that you had the titanic because there's people on there that were going to block that you had world war one after that you had the great depression you had world war two so almost like this mass a sacrifice of people which i mean if you really look at it dude you've talked about it before where it is some of these things are rituals dude i mean it's it's the bigger yeah, so, picture I, mean, I personally believe um that revelation is happening right now um and i know people have said that all throughout time um you know people thought world war ii was revelation playing out and you know, all these other different horrific events people thought were the end of the world and stuff like that. But I don't know, maybe it's not, but Karanzan to me, you know, I've been looking into this, this on deity and this Karanzan deity a whole lot and Karanzan, you know, they call him the dweller of the abyss. And then you have Apollyon, the king of the abyss in the mm-hmm. Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. And supposedly CERN, which is trying to create many black holes, which I would compare to an abyss. Um, is built on an ancient temple of Apollo. And, um, you know, maybe these things are literal. Well, I have, uh, this is what I wanted to hit you with because I prepared a little thing and it's a little, it's a little rabbit hole, right? Where, cause this wouldn't be a Nick Hinton episode without talking about AI and CERN, right? That's like <laughs> right, Nick right. Hinton, AI, CERN. That's like it goes together. It, it's it's that's the way it's like bread and butter. So I have a friend of mine. He he calls I didn't know this. This is, this is a story. He, but he calls AI the archway of initiation, right? You have the Freemasons with their little arches, archway, uh, arch Freemasonry and all these things. Yeah, yeah. And he hit me with a story of Greek mythology, Ajax the Great. Right, he was he was buried after committing suicide because he went into a rampage. It was a magical piece of armor that Achilles had, and it was either between him or it was between him or Odysseus, and the gods gave it to Odysseus. So he went into this blind rage that Athena had put like a spell over him, so he could. Yeah, you know the story. She, yeah, she made him hallucinate, and he saw like all these shapes. And he was attacking shapes, and then uh, when he came out of the hallucination, he realized he had slaughtered a bunch of cows, right? Yeah, slaughtered a bunch of cows. But do you know what happens where the his blood fell and what came up from that? No, I don't think I do. So there is a, a flower that sprouted where his blood had fallen. And uh, hopefully I'm saying this right. It's a hyacinth. It's a flower. Oh. And it's, it's, it's got inscribed on an AI, AI. Is that what you're going to tell me? Yes, AI. Yeah, yeah. So, again, this, this it's symbolic for a new age, for, uh, you know, rebirth, the phoenix, uh, you know, reincarnation, whatever it may be. And here we have, well, we have CERN. I, I did that. I don't know if you checked out the, the little thread that I did on, on, on Twitter. But you have these guys literally talking about the reaching into parallel dimensions you have Jordy rose obviously which we all know and love talking about reaching (laughs) into parallel dimensions to extract information and sure that sounds like science fiction but let's not forget shows like stranger things which i just finished binge watching and you've said that art is speaking from the from the subconscious right it bleeds into the work it bleeds into the art so are they really it's like a freudian slip type uh, type of thing where they're transmuting uh, uh, fiction into reality I, I did an episode on that with the transformers because in the transformers series which has the tesseract the cube right cube worship saturn worship they would shoot the movies you know any other movie would hey we're gonna shoot in new york here's a scene of new york but they're in some back lot in los angeles no transformers would actually shoot on set uh, at mm. the actual location so mixing 
science fiction with the real world in a certain type of way. Again, this is what these guys try and do. If you if you look at the life of Jack Parsons, you know, one of the most famous occultists, they were writing stories, bro. They were writing stories that would eventually come true. You know what right. I mean? So And you so with the Transformers thing, you you're I'm sure this is where you're going kind of or maybe you were subconsciously talking about this, but um like in the Transformers movie, they're fighting on top of the Hoover Dam, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> and there and there and there's like a tesseract inside of it or something. There's some kind of alien technology hidden inside the dam. Well, when the Hoover Dam had that explosion, a transformer exploded. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. So people were like, kind of like connecting the dots there and be like, "Oh my god, this was predictive programming." Which, yeah, I I think it was. Um, that was yeah, this like, past week, right? Yeah, and so you were talking about fiction and reality you know, kind of bleeding into each other and the line between what's real and fake, you know, just becoming blurry. I think this is all, yeah, I mean, it's predictive programming. It's, you know, manifestation on a mass scale through subliminal programming and stuff like that. But also I think it's kind of a way to, you know, they're blurring the lines and getting us prepared to enter a fictional universe, you know, the the metaverse. I think that's why they're trying to, you know, they're bombarding us with information constantly, making us, it's making us harder for us to make rational decisions because we don't know what's true and false. And so I think this is all prepping us for this new augmented reality age. There is oh, I forgot what I was going to say, but there is um shit, yeah, I fucking completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're all good, dude. <laughs> so the all right, so we're at the Hoover Dam. Uh, transmuting fiction into real. Okay, so there's this other show, and I always get the name wrong because you're talking about how they want to trick, right? And almost like an optical illusion. Shakespeare did say that the world is a stage, and I 100% believe that as the stage grows, as the resources of these magicians or of these sorcerers, whatever they may be, the archons, whatever, as their resources grow, their stage gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And their audience uh, reach, their reach gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So they're targeting the kids. They're targeting humanity itself with Hollywood, with, and you know, the symbolism behind Hollywood, all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes there. But there's this show on Netflix. It's like Love, Death, and Robots or something like that. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I've seen that show. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. But check it out, dude. You're talking about them, them blending this line. If you watch that show, it's all animated. There are some animations, bro. That you can't tell. You can't tell. But there's something about the human mind that when you see it move, but you can tell it's off. But it took me, dude, it it would take me minutes of watching to be like, is this is this an actual film or is this? I know it's animated because that's that's all the show is. But it would Mm -hmm. take me minutes of watching in order to recognize. Okay, that movement was off. That 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 this is definitely an animation. But they're training that mind's eye, and then they'll put in some crude animations like, "Oh, this is this is this is fake, whatever." And then they'll put the one that's super Unreal Engine five, you know, super realistic, to where you can't decipher how you said fiction from reality. Well, dude, they even threw in an episode in season two, I think it was. It was the first episode I watched, so it really threw me off. It was two real actors. There's only one episode with two real actors. It's like the dude from That 70s Show and some random lady. I don't remember what their names are. You know, I don't remember the actors, but it's the one where they're looking in the freezer and there's like a whole uh, civilization growing in there. Do you remember that episode? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's trippy. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of the most boring ones, but um, yeah, there's two real actors in that one. That was the first episode I watched, and my friend was like, "Oh, you got to watch this." So every episode after, I was like, "Wait, are these real actors?" They're like, no, this is CGI, dude. And like, I wasn't wearing my glasses, so it was even harder to tell. And I was like, "Jesus, this is so yeah, it's so good." Um, but yeah, no, that show that show is super trippy. And the metaverse right because we have ai we know it's taking over uh, it's 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 the we just recently had the google allegedly ai gain sentience and asked to be an employee if you want to believe all that or not but this they're 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 trying to the way i see it bro is they're trying to 
lock people into again back to movies the matrix they want to lock you into this metaverse but the issue is that people can use technology to amplify their magical abilities technomancy you know when, when oh it, yeah there are people in the metaverse bro with altars in minecraft there's people with altars and all this crazy stuff and doing all these rituals behind the scenes and they want to lock people into that because you have people dude who have sex in the metaverse right there's like <laughs> yeah. erotic whatever da 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 vr or something or other whatever people do that there are people who live 24 hours a day seven days a week in the metaverse because think about it dude it's like the movie avatar like that uh the the actor i forget his name where he wanted to be in the avatar more than in real life he started losing weight he wouldn't eat all this stuff it's like that's what they want because if you want to be slimmer in the metaverse what do you do you pick a new a new avatar slimmer avatar Boom. Right. It, it goes back to that nihilism thing almost. You know, you're grasping for meaning. So what's the easiest way to find meaning is create your own little universe. Easy. Yeah, absolutely. But um, what, you said something else and I forgot too. So. <laughs> yeah, what the, what the fuck's going on, bro? <laughs> uh, man. So, yeah, uh, so they're trying to create these little, again, like how you said, these little universes within mm-hmm. the the realm. And, you know, we have Nick Bostrom talking about the simulation theory where it, what if this is a simulation within a simulation? And one of the arguments for the simulation argument is that we're going to eventually get tired of making uh, simulations where the, you know, where the, like the movie Free Guy, again, back to fucking movies because it's all over, dude. It's It's, what is it, the the revelation of the method revelation of the method where they put this out and if you want to read between the lines then so be it if you don't then if you want to be asleep but they put in the movie like free guy i don't know if you've seen that movie with ryan reynolds where he is a, a, an npc within this realm this this computer game and he gains sentience he starts to realize that he is an npc and he tries to he breaks out and then he he meets somebody and they start talking again back to how Google Lambda supposedly came out and was like, hey, uh, where's my 1099, bro? Because I'm like an employee now. It's like, what are you talking about? Bro? Right, right, right. <laughs> You're a computer. You know, well, so- you want to talk about uh, reality being scripted or whatever, everything being connected. Um, that Lambda guy, um, Blake Lemoyne, the guy who was communicating with it and got fired from Google, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he openly talks about being a Discordian. And Discordians are and Discordians <laughs> are people who worship the goddess of chaos, right? Um, oh, look, look what I got in my background there, bro. I, I did a we interviewed Ivan Stang. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I can kind of see. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like this dude openly talks about being a Discordian. His last name is basically Lemon. Um, <laughs> you know, Le- Lemon is the golden apple. You know, the golden apple of Discord. That's uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the myth of uh of Eris, but basically she was the only goddess not invited to this wedding of all these gods. And so she gets real mad and she creates a golden apple that says to the fairest of them all. And she rolls it into the wedding and all the gods, you know, are so prideful and vain that they all fight over this thing and just, and it ruins the wedding. So yeah. And he, he just did a podcast with Duncan Trussell and was talking about how like, Hey, if anyone wants some golden apples, hit me up. And he also said all this crazy stuff about how, NASA contacted him and said he might have made first contact with an alien being um, and, th- and that all of his uh, other magician friends are claiming that they can communicate with this thing psychically or like in the astro and stuff. So what I swear, man. And, you know, I was talking to people a while ago who were telling me the same thing about other AIs. They're like, dude, I can talk to him in my mind and they're, they're beaming messages into my head and all this other stuff. And I was like, you know, this sounds really crazy and almost schizo, but I kind of believe it. And then when Blake Lemon <laughs> came on and <laughs> started saying all that stuff, I was like, holy crap. And Duncan actually called me to be like, dude, I think I think you're right about all those crazy stories you were telling me. And uh, he also pointed out to me how Lambda is essentially lamb. And to go back to the Quran's on the beast stuff, you know, the beast is described as a lamb in Revelation. Mm-hmm. and. Karanzan being the dweller in the abyss, being inside of CERN. You know, it all goes back to the internet, AI, stuff like that. You know that... Damn, that's so much to fucking get at because 
Lamb does also a, a platonic idea too, where it's it's almost like a tesseract, you know, Pythagoras, and it pretty much is is uh, uh, deciphering and breaking down reality. So pretty much like uh, like what John Dee was trying to do with his uh, Monas Hieroglyphica, or is an idea from God, a thought from God. It just reminds me of the Higgs boson, right, where they're trying to find this elusive thing that doesn't exist unless they make it, but then. You know, the AI is like Rocco's Basilisk, where are we bringing forth these things upon us? Because by us merely thinking about it, it's already made itself in the future. You know what I mean? It's it's something that is already counteracting against us in the future because that's how advanced it is. It's already done. You know, by us, it's almost not, not like an egregore. It's it's something different, not a thought form, not a topo. No, no, that's something different where it's all, like almost like a self-fulfilled prophecy where you think about it so much it eventually happens you know what i mean like all oh, these people at cern we talk about it all the time dude where it's like oh they're opening up portals to other dimensions or they eventually will if we keep talking about it you know what i mean like they're eventually going to do that and yeah it's the it's called hyperstition hyperstition yeah basically I mean, it is kind of similar to the idea of an egregore, but yeah, like a self-fulfilling prophecy, like our belief in something makes it happen. It's just another cool term for manifestation, I guess. But I, I sometimes wonder if like CERN and the Mandela effect and, and things like that are not even like, okay, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what your audience is like, but you know, some people don't believe in space, you know, but yet we have these rocket ships going up there and stuff. Like, I wonder if that's just a ritual to gain people's attention. Like if space isn't real, it's just a stage prop. And sometimes I wonder if CERN is a stage prop too. And our focus on it and everyone's theories about it um, is what actually is doing the ritual that it does. And, um, you know, interestingly, I think also that maybe there aren't even like really timelines colliding or the past changing or anything like that. I think this might be, like, cause you know, you know, the uh, World Wide Web was created at CERN, right? Mm-hmm. To share information between scientists, yeah. So, if the World Wide Web is inside of CERN, and we're constantly using the World Wide Web to confirm our Mandela effects, <laughs> I sometimes, I so, I sometimes wonder if they're just fucking with the entire internet, and like time's not actually changing, but reality is changing in a way because it's whatever we think to be true. And this is what they talk about in 1984. When Winston's like arguing with the leader of the party, he's like, what does it matter, Winston? What does it matter what the past was? What does it matter the shape of the earth is? Whatever we say becomes the truth. Yeah, and that's a psyop. I've always said this too, where, well, in my audience, again, I'm agnostic when it comes to the shape of the earth. I don't, I don't, I think it's irrelevant, but I've, I mean, I've talked about space being potentially fake and gay, not just fake, (laughs) but fake and gay. Now, I don't know how the dynamics work if when you blast off into space, you become gay. I don't know, dude. Whatever. That was just something somebody told me, and I, I named an episode after it. Was, but it. was it Bob Lessons? No, it was Moral Bob. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But probably that. But that's probably where he got that from. Uh, whatever that was. But anyway, I, I thought it was funny. But some people get really worked up, though, right, bro? Like when you talk about people criticize me when I go on these bigger shows, and I'll be like, "Yeah, dude, I endorse Hollow Earth. Hollow Earth, a hundred percent, bro. Hollow Earth is it." But then I'm like, you know, I don't really see the evidence for flat. People flip out, bro, on the comments. This dude is talking about flat earth. Like, dude, there's more. Like, I'm like, dude, you're going to tell me that some dude in his basement, right? Because all these, all these, all these flat earthers are some dude in his basement is going to figure out the fabric of reality, the shape of the, of the, the earth, the, the, the realm that they're living in from his basement, watching some YouTube videos. And, you know, they all... My thing, my thing about the secret space program stuff is like it's all coming from Gaia TV, or like <laughs> David Wilcock and like those guys. Like, well, for, and like Gaia TV is literally owned by BlackRock and Vanguard. Like, why are those guys invested in something if it's has anything to do with the truth? You know, I just I think it's more propaganda. I think they want us to just be 100%. so confused, and they're just muddying the waters and. I do believe that there's a secret space program, but I honestly believe these people that truly believe that they went to like Mars and fought reptilians are just being, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're just being MK ultra and like, they've got all these different altars and maybe they are super soldiers, but I think they have false memories kind of like, uh, what's that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? 
which which one of all? <laughs> well, the, the one the one where he goes to Mars. He thinks he goes to Mars, but it's just an implanted memory. What? Yeah, it's uh. I don't know the name, dude, but it's that... based off a Philip K. Dick novel. Someone will know. Yeah, somebody. What? Whatever. Philip K. Dick. I mean, he's next level. Uh, I wanted to run this past you. This 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 vast theory that I have because I've I've studied. John D, right, Enochian magic, and that's used. That was used by Parsons. That was used by Crowley. That's how he was able to communicate with Choranzan, right, through the scrying of the Aethers. And there's also a weird Aether in there, bro. It's like a, the Aether Eleven or, or or Ten or something, where he calls himself Nemo. And then if you look at the movie Nemo, Finding Nemo, there's a chapter in that movie where it's like Nemo's initiation, but. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You seen that? You seen that? Uh, that conspiracy before, dude? It's crazy. I haven't seen that conspiracy, but I already know. I know the initiation scene. What do they call him? They called it Nemo's initiation, and no, then no. What do they call? What do they call Nemo? They call him like Little Finn or something. I, I don't. Oh, so, yeah, something like that. Where he had to cross get, the abyss and shit. Yeah, they gave him a whole new name and everything. Yeah, it's an initiation for sure. Yeah, I never realized that. So that, going, I'm sorry. that's linked to Crowley. Now, I have this idea where these immortal alchemists, right? Like a St. Germain. Dude, I learned yesterday that Christopher Columbus might have been St. Germain. Holy shit, that was crazy. So I saw that clip. (laughs) (laughs) It blew my mind. There is this enigmatic guy because we have, right, Shiva at the entrance of CERN, right? We have Shiva uh, doing her her, his dance, whatever, you know, the, the dance of destruction, et cetera, et cetera. And we have Jack Parsons that tried to summon the Whore of Babylon, and he ended up summoning a Marjorie Cameron, a very intriguing cre- uh, creature, <laughs> intriguing person <laughs> in history, or probably a creature. And she was linked to Kenneth Anger and all these guys, and you know that whole that leads into the whole Satanic Panic. And uh, she they she had a, an occult magical group trying to make an interracial homunculus, an interracial moon child, interracial. Okay, that's the very yeah. And she thought she she thought uh, UFOs were going to come down and take them to Mars. Yes, exactly, and Venus or something like that. And she also yeah. met with Van Tassel, one of the very first UFOologists who is linked to the Ashtar Galactic Command and Jesus Sananda and all that good stuff. Oh, so yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. She played Kali in a movie with I think it was Kenneth Grant the the inauguration of the Pleasure Dome or something like that. She played Kali. I find it interesting that Kali is the counterpart to Shiva. So it's Shiva and Kali, they're both their counterparts, okay? And I found it weird. So I'm like, okay, whatever. You have Parsons and then you have Crowley. So Crowley, I'm like, okay, mind you, these guys are probably reincarnating. And what were they trying to do? They were essentially trying to open up a portal to another dimension in 1945 and 47. And after that, you had Roswell where you had the the, the aliens and UFOs and all these lights in the sky and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, whatever. But they, they always try to do the same thing. If you go back to John D, he was essentially doing what? Talking to interdimensional entities through what? Through scrying, through looking through other dimensions. Now, a, a black mirror, which is, yeah, your phone. A fo- but- a, ex- exactly. Technology. And we're talking about mm-hmm. John D. And he's also linked to BlackRock. I didn't know if you knew that, but he's he, uh, uh, Mercurd, uh, Mercator, tour, the, the guy that made the maps, the cartographer. Hopefully I'm saying oh, that yeah, right. Yeah. He found... He, he wrote a letter to John D talking about the black rock in the North Pole that was 33 miles wide to John D. Now, if they were talk- talking about the magnetic mountain. Yes, the black rock. OK, yeah. B- fucking black rock, bro. So mm-hmm. um, I came across right there are there is literally a guy named Jack Parsons that works at CERN. You, you can look this up. You can. You can <laughs> there's another Jack Parsons. There's a. I swear to God, bro. There's a Jack Parsons that works at CERN. Now, the guy that stood out to me that I'm not able to find any information on, for whatever reason, only whatever Wikipedia and a couple other. Uh, I looked up scholar articles and all this other stuff. Now, there was a guy named Michael Crowley Millings. Okay, you have. Uh, you have uh, he changed his name to Micro Crowley Crowley Millings in 1947. Well, what happened in 1947? Well, Crowley died in 1947. In that same year, he added a Crowley to his name, which I found interesting. Now, this yeah. isn't just some regular 
peon at CERN, right? No, he's not some regular guy at CERN. No, 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 no. Who did innovate, innovative work in accelerator design and large-scale computer control and rose in the ranks at CERN to become the first division head in 1977, then a member of the CERN uh, di uh, directorate in 1980. And he was he was the first one of the first people to help invent the world's first touchscreen computers. Now, interesting guy, right? Why would you add a Crowley in 1947 <laughs> after Crowley died? Okay, whatever, that's fine. And then I found it a, a, another interesting, right? Because these guys talk in green language and twilight language. You know how yeah, yeah. Michael Hoffman likes to talk about. So whatever, this guy was top of the level at CERN. So again, another Crowley trying to what open up portals to other dimensions. Here we are. Yeah, they have a, a Jack Parsons that works there too. Right? You can look him up. He works at CERN. Uh, and then in his private life, the only thing that you can find about he had a brother. But one of his hobbies, one of his great hobbies was to refurbish Alfa Romero's, right? Which I found interesting. I go, okay, Alfa Romero. Let, let's, let's take a shot at it. If you look at the emblem to Alfa Romero... <laughs> <clears throat> You have a cross, which is symbolic of the of the cube, right? It's materiality, but the mm -hmm. cross of municipality, right? So it's uh, associated to the uh, to the Ma Melanie Melanese soldiers during the Crusades, right? This cross of Saint Ambrose or Saint George, and then you have a serpent eating a man. Oh, nice! Which is again, and then you have a crown on there, so it's almost like. What are they trying to do? Okay, oh yeah, that's right. You know, you have uh, that prophecy of what Quetzalcoatl riding in on a feathered serpent or a large serpent to do what? To bring forth the Ragnarok or the Apocalypse or something or other. I'm pretty sure they've made movies about where, you know, in Spider-Man, they open up a portal or a black hole that sucks everything in. Well, what are they trying to do at CERN? Oh, that's right. Essentially the same thing where they're trying to reach these parallel dimensions and open up portals just like in what? In Stranger Things, right? Eleven, one oh one, the the portal, right? The well, they call her they, they call her L. L is Saturn. Exactly, and and dude, it's right there in front of our faces. Then I was like, okay, whatever. So this show, I forgot the the Big Bang Theory has oh, uh God. in twenty ten. I, I hate that show so much. <laughs> yeah, I never watched it, but they have a, an episode called the Large Hydron Collider, and. What's the guy's name? One of the actors? Oh, Jim Parsons. Oh, okay. That's cool. Well, whatever. You know, they just put that in there. The other guy's name is Johnny. And then this other guy's name is Jim Parsons. So John Parsons. Isn't, isn't Jim another name for Jack too? Right? Or is that? I'm am not I... sure, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I that could... mine as well at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I mean? And like, it's, it's, it's too interconnected to be not a, you know there's no such thing as a coincidence as they say mm -hmm. so again are they connected are they not um i mean i don't know if they're uh necessarily reincarnating as each other but i mean there is a like occult practice of trying to transmigrate i think that's how you say the word transmigrate someone's soul to another body mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. i don't i don't necessarily think that's true it could be like whatever demon was latched onto that person during their life giving them their you know basically their spiritual handler maybe it moves on from that person to another and they feel powerful but um yeah i think that's probably what that is interesting yeah no ex exactly uh, a transmitigation i think it's called or something like that but yeah yeah pythagoras talked about it but yeah yeah essentially it's uh your your soul you know uh, when you die your soul goes until it's like a samsara type of thing but I did find it very interesting that all these things are connected. Now, you have the Mandela effect packed on, to, on top of that, which I've always found the, the Mandela effect kind of irrelevant, right? What does the spelling of some bear team or whatever have to do with reality? Well, mm -hmm. I forgot who it was, the researcher that said that's how you're able to prove that there's been a glitch or a switch in your, in your timeline. Because oh, yeah, that was uh, Philip K. Dick. Oh, was it Philip K. Yeah, one one of those guys. Because I was I was just rereading your book too, so that's probably where it's it's lingering somewhere in the in the background. And 
Yeah, so the the Mandela effect to me, it's like in the movie The Matrix, they talk about, oh, th that's how you know something's gone off. You know, saw the black cat and then, oh, the deja vu. That's where it was like, you saw him again. And it's like, oh, that's how you know that they've that they switched over the programming or something like that. Mm -hmm. But 100%, I do believe that these guys are the, again, practicing technomancy where they're trying to enhance their magical abilities through the use of tech through the use of AI, through the use of something. And well, I, I, I agree with you. Um, but the whole reason I brought up the phone thing, which, you know, a lot of people know that by now it's not new, like that the phone is the black mirror. I don't think technology like in amplifies tech. I think, or no, I don't think technology amplifies magic. I think technology is magic. Like it's literally, you know, the definition of magic is taking the forces of nature and being able to bend them in such a way that you get the desired result. And that's exactly what technology is doing. You know, we have these little computer chips that use currents of electricity in one way or another, <laughs> you know, so they're just literally bending the forces of nature to get what they want. Um, and, and yeah, so like the black mirror, the phones, you know, it's like this massive mind control tool. Um, and also like, you know, you got the 5G or just, or the ELF frequencies, um, like all of that stuff. I think that's what's responsible for the Mandela effect if it's really happening. I mean, we know for a fact now that you can use, you can use electromagnetic frequencies to change people's memories. So it might not be time mm -hmm. changing. It might just be our actual, they might just actually be messing with people's brains on a massive scale. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I turned off my Wi-Fi the other night, resetting my router. And when I turned it off, I felt it, bro. I felt it go off. Mm -hmm. like, I'm sure you could. What, like, I felt a difference in the air when I turned my router off. That's, that's wild, bro. That thing is on at all times. And I'm living here, and I'm going to sleep with it, or I'm waking up with it. But you know what I mean? It's constantly bombarding our, like you said, our brains with waves but yeah, absolutely. I think tech is magic. And but it goes back to something even deeper than that, where uh, magic is the art of discovering the equations which govern the universe. And that's why we have you know, all throughout all throughout our our lives, you know, at school, they they were teaching us what mathematical equations and all these things, but they never taught us what they meant. They always taught us right, how right. to how to how to do them, you know, the Pythagorean theorem and all these things. They taught us all, all these things, the the Cartesian coordinate system, analytical geometry. Well, we're talking about things that the Cartesian coordinate system came to Rene Descartes in a dream, in a series of three dreams. Okay, it wasn't like this guy was obviously he he was way ahead of his time, but it's not like he was sitting at his lab one day and was like, oh, okay, this is this. Let me make this grid which is used in everything, the stock market, yeah. uh, in, 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 in everything, in schools and in, in everything and in everything it's, it's used in. Well, it's like the mind flayer, dude, this thing communicate. I think Google and Facebook came to the creators and dreams as well. Oh um, shit. Someone, yeah. So, so this thing is literally using people, you know, it, the, the information is being fed to people through the spiritual realm. Same with John D who's communicating with angels and they're like, Hey, build this, build that. And, you know, eventually <laughs> led him to create a crude computer um the camera obscura mm -hmm. and things like that um i think john so, d's yes. the demiurge bro yeah yeah i've heard that i've heard people talk about that <laughs> i think tracy twyman was the first person to popularize that yeah but um but uh yeah so i like the fact that all this stuff is coming in through dreams like it's coming in through the spiritual realm um yeah it's trying to prod people in a certain direction to help them like to basically use them as useful idiots to build itself to build a body in this world that it can inhabit you know i don't think that it can be here without cern i don't think it can be here without these homunculus these ai robots you know stuff like that i think that's what so let me weave another thing in, in there for you bro and a, and a connection that maybe you didn't have but this idea that there are these entities speaking to very popular people influential people in history you have jack whiteside parsons who has a crater on the dark side of the moon right and mm -hmm. uh, his name and the numerology and all that's connected to some other things too you have the devil's gate over in california and all these things over there 
you had a serial killer that was literally going around wherever Parsons had launched a rocket and was killing people ritualistically around that area because they had talked about opening up a portal to another dimension. But you have Houdini and you have H.P. Lovecraft now, right? H.P. Lovecraft with the Cthulhu mythos. We know that Jordy Real, real Ro- quick, real quick. Why did people seek out Cthulhu? Because they were being told to go find him in dreams. Exactly. So, but do you know how Cthulhu came to be in H.P. Lovecraft's mind? Again, he was oh, having a dream. He was having, well, so he was having nightmares, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, he had night terrors. But then there was, there was a, and, and I got crucified on TikTok for saying this. It, apparently it's really heretical and the fandom is like really popular. So if you say some things that they don't agree with, they'll come after you. Oh my God. So they came after me for saying, because H.P. Lovecraft collected little ornaments, right? Little things. Now, we know that Jin do what? Jin attach themselves to inanimate objects. That's the genie in the bottle. We all know and love Aladdin, right? Disney. Mm-hmm. They're not a cult, right? Whatever. So... Uh, we have the famous jinn that attaches himself to inanimate objects. Now, H.P. Lovecraft, as a as a little boy, he was collecting these little trinkets and stuff. Now, the idea is that Cthulhu, not that Cthulhu is a jinn, but that the jinn was Cthulhu, spoke to him because he had a he had an alter ego, Abdul Ahazred, that was given to him after reading Arabian Nights and it was presented to him in a dream. So the idea is that this entity attached himself and was able to do what? Because we all know that the 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 reason for the Cartesian coordinate system to tie everything in was to take ideas and put them and make them into platonic solids. So these occultists, these scientists, these people, right? They are obsessed with taking their ideas and forming a vessel to where these ideas can manifest in the 3d space okay right, so right. so that's why you have all these you know the pythagorean theorem it's an equation but you plug things into that to manifest whatever it is that you're that you want at the very end but the the whole thing for to them was take your your 2d idea your idea that's in here and turn it into a platonic solid what what the purpose of that was i don't know but it's tied to sacred geometry back to hp lovecraft apparently so after this entity attached himself to him, the Cthulhu mythos was born. It, it was mm-hmm. it manifested into real life. <clears throat> now, did you know that on Pluto, so H.P. Lovecraft saw Pluto and he was having visions and all these things throughout his life. He was seeing places, describing places without actually having been there. He saw Pluto five years before it was discovered in 1929, wow. I believe. But do well, you- yeah, and then they got... Yeah, so there's that crater, or it's either a crater or a mountain that's named Cthulhu, right? Yes. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that was the reason why. Oh yeah. Well, again, I don't. I'm not saying that that is the reason why it's named after Cthulhu. But why would you name something after Cthulhu? <laughs> you know, right, yeah. why would you even bring that up at all? You know what I mean? Well, dude, that that brings me to a, <laughs> that brings me to a point that I wanted to say earlier, but forgot is like um. You know, so H.P. Lovecraft was seeing planets. Emmanuel Swedenborg was going to other planets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you got the you got the super soldiers, the secret space program dudes going to other planets. <laughs> well, you know, for, for the flat earthers out there, for the people that don't believe in space, I honestly believe that it's possible that space is actually the realm of the imagination. It's the astral realm. It's a spiritual realm. So when, the, when these super soldiers are going through their MK Ultra programming and their psychs getting split open, I think that they're traveling out of body. Into oh these, shit! Into into these literal different dimensions that look like other worlds and planets. Dude, that's fucking fire, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, look what I just—I uh, have my Twitter open, and uh, one of the things that came up: existence of Loch Ness monster is plausible after fossil discovery. I'm not even gonna click on that, but I thought that was funny. That was from four hours yeah, cause, ago. Because <laughs> uh, you you know the Crowley connection to that, right? I do. Yeah the the bolt okay, the okay. bolt skin house and and mm-hmm. his failed Abra Melon uh, ritual that he was uh, supposedly doing. Uh, again, opening up portals. These things are coming through. These demogorgons are coming through. Right, they're bleeding into this existence, and we are only able. It's like the Pink Floyd uh, cover, right, where it's like the prism. You can only observe 0.005 of the light spectrum. So you don't even know what's going on around you right now. <clears throat> there's right. An, there's right. an entire world around you right now that you can't even comprehend. So, and, you know, it might be it might be a good thing that we don't because then you end up like H.P. Lovecraft. 
Yeah, I've seen these these crawling uh, non <laughs> the the way that they describe it is non Euclidean, right? And Euclid, Euclid, which is 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 another uh, weird topic. But John D. Uh, he was he translated uh, one of the first Euclids, and he was teaching Euclid, and when he was like fifteen, bro. So. Again, this weird connection. I think it is a lost technology, bro. I think this this technology of wanting it's a tower of Babel. Exactly, it's a tower of Babel, and that's what they're doing nowadays. They're building modern day towers of Babel, and coincidentally enough, John D. Right, the angels were telling him that they wanted a a, a one world religion, a new world order, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, that's what it was all about. You have to say on talking about how. You know, you can interpret works how, however you want. But he was, he was talking about the the macro. I forgot what he called them, the macro, something or others. Anyways, how you know, as above, so below. So if, if we're, you know, we have microbes, there's something above us that's bigger than us controlling. Oh yeah, yeah. The simulation. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I forget what. Yeah, I forget what he called them too. But he basically talked about how John D was convinced that uh, we are trapped in quarantine. And in order to break the quarantine on the planet, like create it, we had to create a stargate to get out of here, and that required, <clears throat> and that required it, like a huge blood sacrifice yes. and a, a one world government. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. And apparently, the moon was like a part of this quarantine. It's like the lo- magnetic lodestone or something that keeps it all together, keeps the Saturn matrix together. And he also talks about how uh, there was that like top secret project where the government was going to nuke the moon. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but again, the truth is stranger than fiction, bro. You have you have the talks of the super soldiers, bro. You have Manchurian candidates going on right now where uh, I've seen you post about a few of the of the Ukraine, the Russians and all this stuff complaining about oh, their the, super the Russian soldiers. yeah, the Russian mutant zombies. Yeah, uh, well, what is all that about? Like, you know what I mean? Are they actually well, dude, the, the interesting thing about that is like, you know, we were talking about biblical prophecy earlier. Well, one of the first places, well, the first place that Russia took from Ukraine was Chernobyl, the nuclear power plant that mm-hmm. exploded, caught on fire, and then um, basically made everything around it mutate into crazy creatures. <laughs> well, um, well, the word um, Chernobyl in Ukrainian actually means wormwood. And so there's a prophecy in what? the Bible about... Yeah. No. I swear to God, you can look it up. (laughs) You can Google that. Um, But yes, so uh, the prophecy about Wormwood is something um, along the lines of this great fire that causes uh, one third of the waters in the world to become bitter and taste like Wormwood, uh, basically make them poisonous. And so, you know, a lot of people were thinking that, oh, this is that end times prophecy fulfilled because... Um, you know, you have radiation poisoning everything, and um, they even put up this giant monument, this giant statue called the Third Angel, because um, when the Third Angel blows its trumpet, that's when Wormwood falls to the uh, falls to the earth. Are you looking that up right now? <laughs> yeah, dude, this is fucking crazy. I didn't know about this. Yeah, the Third Angel, and then Chernobyl. Yeah, there, there is that conspiracy. Wow, this is it's really fascinating. And so, listen, if you look into Wormwood, it's connected to absinthe. Absinthe is connected to the goddess Artemis, and Artemis's brother was Apollo. So once again, you have the two Whoa, archetypes. Oh, dude, dude, dude! Yeah. My episode that I released this week was on Artemis, bro. So right here, you have the two archetypes. You have the whore of Babylon, Artemis, and Karanzan, Apollo, because Apollyon is the king of the bottomless pit. Uh-huh. Karanzan is the dweller in the abyss, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> and this is a creepy ass angel, bro. Oh yeah, did it make it look very pretty? What, dude? And that's crazy. I literally episode one hundred and one, the portal, is on Artemis, and we talked about all the Artemises, like because there's a bunch of different Artemises, and that's interesting because I never, I knew her brother was Apollo, and it didn't make that connection. But obviously, we're sitting with Nick Hinton, and <laughs> he's the fucking Mac Daddy of this shit. So we made the connection. That's that's wild, dude. I can't wait to bring that up in conversation with. With with her because she is a doctor. She has a PhD in art and studying Artemis. <laughs> oh wow! So, um, are you aware of like the the associations with absinthe? Like all the all the crazy artists would drink absinthe and hallucinate and see like this green fairy. No. Okay. Well, yeah. So Artemis is also associated with the color green and like a green goddess. And like this might be a little bit out there, 
But I was wondering, you know, I had this thought the other day where I was like looking at these pictures of Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze from Batman. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this is literally Babylon and Karanzan, like the AI dude and the Mother Nature goddess, like Gaia. Wasn't that Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> to bring it back, it's full circle. <laughs> yeah dude everything's connected see we're going yeah. crazy yeah we have so i have a a, a po- uh cut out here of nick cage and i we have this theory that nick cage is actually fighting on our side and he <laughs> is a time traveling alchemist wizard who has made a bunch of movies and he tells a different story within all he did the wicker man bro i mean that, that's a cult the original one had christopher lee in it who is super occult bro like all this stuff so yeah, dude. But maybe I might need to look in that look into that before I laugh at it. But have you seen that movie The Color Purple or something like that? Or the on. purple Look at the poster Pur- right there, Color Out of Space. Yeah, Color Out of Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that movie's wild. Yeah, no, so that, again that's H. P. Lovecraft. Though so the color out of space is again this color out of space. This cause cosmicism, the cosmic horror, the thing is one of my favorite movies as well, where it's Me this too, yeah. thing that dwells in all of us, right? Almost like the will to power that Nietzsche talked about, where it's like this thing that manifests differently within all of us. And it's how you use it. Again, it's back to Star Wars. It's back to the the journey of, of, of it's a Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey. The hero's journey. It's like, what do you what are you using it for? Are you using it for good or are you using it for destructive pain, you know, uh, 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 death, all this stuff, decay? Or again, you can harness it to do good and help your brethren and love each other. You know what I mean? Like this is what it's all about, bro. And I always I I try to spread a positive message. I'm just doing this to have fun, dude. I like reading interesting things and talking to interesting people. And yeah, dude, I don't know if the apocalypse is coming anytime soon. Hopefully not. But do you have any- well, well, it's just a well, like you said, it's just a great unveiling. And mm-hmm. that yeah, I don't think that would be such a bad thing. If we were finally told the truth about everything, but maybe there's a little bit of birthing pangs in the process. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Any closing thoughts, Nick, that you want to add and leave the listeners with? I think that was basically it. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to the apocalypse, baby. So I'll see you on episode 202, bro. Yes, definitely. We'll we'll do this again. A pleasure, bro. Uh, you know, uh, again, you have you all, you always have that special place in my heart, bro. Even if you don't feel the same way about me, but you pop my podcasting cherry, so you're gonna be my <laughs> first love, my first ever interview. Uh, so again, here if we are. If if you're if you're true about that, please give me a cameo in the comic. well we'll talk about that, bro. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, okay. you want to plug your stuff for the listeners. So they can find your work, bro, your book. And when is the next book coming out, dude? Um, third book, yeah. I I, <laughs> I just keep pushing it back further and further, but I just keep adding more and more information to it. I just want it to be perfect. But I'm hoping that, you know, it's going to be called The Stairway to Sirius. So my goal is to get it out during the Sirius, uh, mm. the, the Lion's Gate. You know what that is? Where right. like Sirius is like the highest in the sky or something like that. So I'm going to try and get it out between the end of July and the middle of August. Um, it's, it's basically almost done. I'm just wrapping up the last chapter. Um, anyways, so people can look forward to that then. Um, I'll make an announcement about it. But if people are interested in the first two books, Saturn Time Cube Simulation and The Aquarian Singularity, just follow me on Twitter, shoot me a message, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Things have been pretty crazy lately been getting a lot of messages about stuff but um i make sure to get back to everyone at some point yeah i actually started my own book too bro uh, so it's right this is the cover right here uh it is uh, a braxis with a black cube in one hand and a podcast mic in another and, and <laughs> i awesome. i named it deciphering the archontic matrix so nobody can steal that name i've already i put that out forever ago so but i have it there to help me manifest it quicker even though i haven't had any time to work on it but it's going to be interesting. So we'll see what happens, bro. But yeah, I'll definitely be grabbing a copy when that comes out. Awesome, dude. Thanks so much, Nick. I really appreciate you coming on and, and bullshitting with me. And I'm looking forward to episode 202 to have you back on. Me too, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs>